Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Thankful and grateful that you are here listening to the podcast once again. It's been an interesting week. Uh, about 50 hours into my work week, um, our company was hacked, of all things. Got a call on Sunday and asked how soon I could come in, which, you know, it's a holiday weekend, and I was um, hanging out with some friends, and I was like, um, I'll call, I'll text you when I'm leaving. And so I got the word of what was going on, and so we started working Sunday night, and I've been working early and late this whole week. It was Russia. And I promise you that is as little politics as possible coming from me, um, but that's who it was. So I guess my first advice for you guys is make sure you have good passwords and your data is protected. It is a huge task to bring a company of about 1,200 people back online, and I only have a small part of it. I'm not even in IT. Um, I help out from time to time. I'm, I was able to learn uh, when I lived in Iowa um, over the phone to restore our, our locations internet access and so they would get me on on the phone and kind of teach me what to do and I'm someone who has never had a computer class I had keyboarding in I think like seventh grade and that's realistically the only computer class I've ever had which will date me because now (laughs) it's pretty required to have computer classes Um, I think I got uh, my first email when I was 20 years old in college and again dated me I'm old So I've kind of learned through trial and error, but uh, this is one of those things that, you know, you call in the cavalry, whoever's got uh, the ability to help out, helps out. And it's my way to, you know, it's, yeah, it's long nights and early mornings and, you know, it's very little um, stress for me, I would say. Not That might not be the word. Um, it It took very little thought when I got the call to come in. I was like, oh yeah, I'll come help out. Because... Um, the company I worked for was there for me when I needed it. You know, when I've had surgeries or I've um, been struggling in my life, they were accommodating and and they allowed me to recover and work from home with my surgeries and just whatever I needed. You know, they'd set me up with a desk and tech and, you know, monitors, computers, whatever. And so this is very easy for me to say, hey, yep, I'll come in. You know, it was Sunday and we were hanging out with friends and they, I got the call and I'm like, sure, I'll be there as soon as I can. So make sure you, you know, like there's a couple of things you can do with your phone is, um, there's apps like LastPass and one password that can generate, um, encrypted passwords for you and store your passwords. And those two apps each only take one password. I highly re- recommend upping your game on your um, passwords for anything that you have that goes online. It is such uh, a big thing when you do get hacked. So I won't go too too much farther down that because that's been my life for the last umpteen hours and days and whatever. But um, what we're going to do uh, for the podcast today, uh, I'm going to continue revisiting some questions from uh, the previous season um, and I'm, I maybe we'll talk a little bit more about um, why the name change went right back to the Anxiety Wad podcast. Um, actually, I'll just fill you in now. I can't really share why, but um, I had planned on doing uplifted uh, training, uplifted coaching, and uplifted nutrition. Uh, something popped up that kind of 
change the course of that plan for myself um, that I'll be able to share with you here in the next few weeks. And it's pretty big. It's pretty exciting. Um, those of you that are in the space that this involves uh, will understand once I'm able to share. You know, and it's it's something that I didn't expect, but it's something that um, I look at as a reward for putting in hard work. And so I'm pretty excited about it. And it's it's pretty huge for, for myself and, and, you know, the people that uh, will be able to benefit from the situation. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that. And so I went right back to the Anxiety Wad podcast, being that it's a niche, being that it's easily recognizable and easy to find on all of the podcast platforms. I'm still going to create create these podcasts and stay on my mission of helping as many people as I can with anxiety, being that I was able to get out of the fog of war for my anxiety. And that is the mission, um, trying to help people, trying to help you heal and trying to help as much as possible. And I've said it again, you know, again and again on the podcast, I remember the exact night that I was, I was actually in the bathtub with Epsom salts and candles and my music trying to mitigate a panic attack. And I was like, if I ever am able to take care of this and manage this, I will help as many people as possible. And, and looking back, that was kind of the shift in my mindset that if this, then this, but it wasn't, if you take away my anxiety, it was, if I can figure out how to manage my anxiety, I will pay it forward. Um, the thing with anxiety is we tend to want it to just go away from external situations like I wish that this wouldn't make me so afraid versus if we would just and and this goes back to the episode where I was my top five things I wish I would have known is that I had so much power in the situation even though I didn't believe it we don't believe that we can change we don't believe that we can do anything about it we believe that these things are actually happening to us and that is very real. The fear that we feel is very real. We are also so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And that's in everything in life. You know, we have a lot of power and the power is hijacking our habits. It's hijacking our thoughts and they go hand in hand. You know, the, the anxiety loop is a habit. Now it's not a great habit. It's like, we know that, you know, and, and, you know, when the worst thing people can tell us is why don't you just stop worrying? We're like, yeah, I know. Thanks for not helping. <laughs> right? You know, and people that have anxiety understand what I'm talking about. But we can change it. I know it's probably, if you're struggling right now, it's probably hard to believe. Like, you're like, no, I can't. I can't stop it. But over time, you can. And if we take a step back from wishing that it was gone, and we put in the work... We will be rewarded eventually. Think long-term gain by short-term change. And so when we're in the midst of our fear loop and our fearful thinking and our worry, we got to stop ourselves and say, hold up, reset. Let's try to change that thought and focus on one thought at a time. Whatever is causing you fear is focus on the thoughts around that. And for me, it was claustrophobia. And it, it was the base of when my anxiety started was when I was starting to have MRIs. And 
I had all these physical symptoms because of the magnetic um, field that is in, in an MRI. It cranks up your heart rate and you feel weird. And you people that have anxiety know that those are triggers. You feel your heart. You feel these weird things. And you're like, oh, my God, I have a tumor. Or, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. I don't know how many times I thought I was having a heart attack. And they would go to the ER and they'd hook me up and be like, no, you're fine. You're like, no, no, I'm not. I'm dying for sure. And, you know, when that magnetic field would crank up is when my panic attack started because my heart would like feel like it was going to jump out of my chest. Well, what it was is I was so obsessed with something being wrong with my heart that my body was like, oh, you want me to beat harder? Okay. You know, it's like you're talking to your body to do these things. And it's like psycho, uh, what do they call it? Psychosymptomatic is you create these um, reactions in your body with your thoughts. Like if you want to test this out and I want you to test this out is I want you to close your eyes and take five deep breaths. And then each breath, I want you to think my feet are cold, 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 my feet are cold. And eventually your feet are going to feel cold. You convince yourself that you feel a certain way. Now, it's it's oversimplified. I understand that. And, I, you know, I'm sure there's people that are rolling your eyes. But remember, I've, I've been in the trenches with you. I'm not trying to oversimplify your situation. I'm talking broad brushstrokes of how to change the course of your anxiety. And so in the midst of that, what I wish I would have done has been like, no, 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 reset. That's the magnetic current making you feel weird. Or no, no, reset. You're claustrophobic, so you're kind of panicking a little bit. Nothing bad's happening. You're just kind of panicking because you don't like tight spaces. Or no, no, reset. That's your anxiety kicking in because you don't like tight spaces. It's your anxiety kicking in because your body feels weird. Don't convince yourself that it's something worse. And just having that own inner monologue because once you call out anxiety and put it on the spotlight, it loses its power. It has no power over you unless you let it. And so it's like saying... Poof, here's a spotlight. I see you, and then it shrinks down. Again, oversimplified, but the concept is still a very powerful tool to have in your belt. Now, just like anything, think of uh, you know the saying of like the two wolves, which one is going to win in the fight? Well, whichever one you feed the, feed the most, because it's going to be stronger. Now, if one of our wolves is fear, and the other one is bravery, now, again, bravery is not the absence of fear, it's doing things in spite of fear. If we feed bravery and we um, stoke that fire or we continue to feed that, it keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and eventually that bravery wolf is gonna win in a fight. And so how that looks for me today is when anxiety pops into my life now, it's when I don't expect it. And that's usually the worst time and it would have been the worst time in the past, but I've fed that bravery wolf long enough that the time span that it pops into my life is a lot shorter. Um, mainly for me, it's when I wake up in a panic. I have no idea why. Um, it could have been a dream I had. It, it, more than likely that's the case. Um, I just wake up in a panic, and so what I do is I, I do some grounding where I'm like, okay, what's true and real right now? Where am I at? I'm in my bed, my wife's next to me. Um, I can feel my feet, I can feel my hands, I can feel my breath, calm down, and then I put my hand on my belly button and feel it rise and fall, take big deep breaths, clearing breaths, 
And I visually will try to push the thoughts out of my head. And the, the push and the device that the push is, is like, um, like a bumper. If you've ever seen like shuffle puck or air hockey, I think it's called. Um, it's like one of those little mallets and I kind of visually like think about it pushing the, the anxiety thoughts out of my head. Um, being that I'm a visual person, that's how I learn, that's how I think, that's how I express. It's my way of um, getting those out of my head. And it, it kind of works in a lot of different ways. I've taught people how to, when they take a big deep inhale, that air is going in and, and collecting excuse me, is collecting anxious thoughts. And as you exhale, those anxious thoughts are attached to that air and blown out of your body. Um, and so there's, there's very, uh, there's so many different ways to visually think about getting that out of your mind. And what, what it is, is you have to do those things often as often as you would having your fearful thoughts or your worrisome thoughts. And so you create this balance and eventually you get to a point where the, positive or the um, removal of those worrisome thoughts becomes a bigger habit than the fearful thoughts. And um, I posted this on my Instagram the other day that a really good book that makes a lot of sense on how I coach people through anxiety is called Atomic Habits. And it explains how so many things in our life become out of sight, out of mind, just because it becomes so much of a habit. Right now, you probably don't think much about like when you're brushing your teeth, you have a whole routine, but there's not a whole lot of thought that goes on about brushing your teeth. Usually it's when I have my best ideas is when I'm brushing my teeth or taking a shower. I'm not really thinking about, oh, I need to, you know, get this tooth and this tooth. And I mean, obviously I'm very thorough in brushing my teeth, but it's such a habit that I don't really have to put a whole lot of thought into it. I've done it so much that it, it's, it's just part of my brain. It's just like, I can get that done without really thinking about it. That's how our brains work. We like simplicity. We like habit because it, if we tax our brain, our brain doesn't like that. And so that's when you have these fearful thoughts and you're in this habitual um, state of, of being worrisome. It, it seems like such a chore because it's different than the anxiety habit. Want that to sink in. So we're in this, now it's not a great habit to have and it's not fun, no one enjoys it, but it is a habit. And so anytime we try to intercept or break up habits, our body and our mind is gonna fight that. That's like if you haven't worked out for a while, you go try to work out, it's like, it takes everything in you to actually first want to do it and then second to make it through it because we're in this habit of not working out or we're in this habit of, you know, sitting on the couch watching movies and then we get to the gym. Actually, that's probably the hard part is actually getting to the gym these days with, um, you know, the quarantine going on. But once we get going, it's really hard mentally to get that drive going because we have this habit that is different from the task at hand. And so when we try to break up our anxiety, that's why it gets so hard. That's why it's hard to quit smoking for some people. That's why it's hard to change your nutrition. That's why it's hard to change the habit of worrisome thinking. And I'm no different than any of you. I was just a person that had really, really bad anxiety, but I went on a tear of gathering information and I hijacked my mind. And I just, I took, took it over because I was tired of being anxious all the time. And so with more knowledge became, I became more powerful internally. And I can kind of tell 
when these situations are going to come up. And so that's where I kind of interject into my thinking and be like, no, 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 relax. Or no, 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 hold up. Let's reframe this. Or no, 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 that's not really what's going on. Or no, 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 you're fine. You know, you just had a checkup like a month ago. Or no, 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 maybe it's not anything as bad as you think. Or, you know, it's... It's, I, I'm so sorry that I, I feel like I'm oversimplifying it and I'm downplaying it, but really, it's just that. It's like your brain likes habit. It wants to not be used. And we get in that, that habit state of, of thinking. And I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. So let's think about each and every one of you can probably write down on a piece of paper of how your anxiety proceeds to the point that it's really, really bad. You kind of know the steps in the process, right? You know, like, okay, I think about this and then I feel this and then I feel this and then it keeps ramping up and it keeps ramping up and then I'm here. That's a habit, right? It's like anything in life, like it's, there's a step by step by step by step. And so all you need to do is interject into those steps and try something new often enough that when that interjection becomes part of the habit. Um, I talk about it like this a little bit with people that I work with on nutrition is that you are driving the car. I can tell you the road to take and I can tell you how to get back onto that road if you take an off ramp. What we do with anxiety is we take a lot of off ramps. And usually when we're traveling on the path that we want to go down for life, there's a a certain off-ramp that we take that takes us on this crazy adventure where all of a sudden the road's gone or it's washed out or you know there's <laughs> the road is closed and all of a sudden we're in the woods and there's a guy with a chainsaw chasing us but the thing about it is you can train yourself to get back onto the road that you need to take to get to your goal you can train yourself to do that and what happens is that we are so used to taking the same route that anytime we try to steer away from that route, our body's like, whoa, 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 you're going to make me work? What's up with that? That's why it's hard. And I really let that sink in. Our bodies and our minds don't like to work very hard, so they love creating these habits. And so for us, we need to create new ones. And that's the beauty and the power that I was talking about that I wish I would have known. If I started way back when having new habits, my life would have been a lot different. Now, my life is very, very good, and I love the way it is right now. I have no regrets. I've become a very strong and confident person, which I wasn't for a while because I've had to go through these struggles. But if I can share this advice with you, that's going to save you some time. It's going to save you some, some pain, and it's going to help you heal faster that is my main advice for you is know you are powerful because each and every one of us are the creators of our thoughts. And since that is true, we can create whatever thought we want. And the more often we create the thoughts that we want, they become a habit. And so, you know, beliefs are just thoughts that are thought often enough habitually to become a belief. If you told yourself a million times a day that you were a lemon, in about two or three weeks, you're gonna believe that you're actually a lemon. <laughs> That's how your brain works. It's open to suggestion. It likes habit, and it's gonna believe what you tell it. 
again, oversimplified, and it takes a lot of hard work and consistency, but it can be done. I want you to leave this podcast today with some hope, knowing how powerful you are. You may not feel like it, and there's days that you just want to give up, but don't give up. You can do it. I am proof of that. Let me know if you have any more questions about the habit of thought. It's it's a concept and a, you know something that I'm working on. I'm trying to articulate it a little bit better as it applies to mental health. Um, it's very simple when you look at task-based goals, like nutrition, you want to lose weight. Like um, exercise, you want to get fit so you can do more with your body. You can play with your kids. You can not you know die when you're shoveling snow. <laughs> and you know, your mental health is not something that is as tangible as that. So like the outcome and the target isn't as easy. Like how do you measure the state of your mental health? Well, for me, one metric is how easily I can come up with a gratitude list. And that's why I always suggest that you start doing gratitude lists. If you struggle, then my focus is on the wrong things. So if I struggle, my focus is on the wrong things, not if you struggle. And so each individual needs to create a, a gratitude list. So you like the more that you have or more that you acknowledge that you are thankful for, the more things you are actually going to see to be thankful for, right? Focus creates reality. And so that's one metric that I have, but I, you know, it's like, where are my thoughts? What am I grateful for? And, and this is why I do my morning routine. It's like, where are my values? Am I, am I hitting things in my life that are, um, staying it within the boundaries of my values? Am I doing the things that are within the boundaries of my beliefs? Are the people in my life that I care about the most happy? Am I spending quality time with them? And, and so those secondary things I'm talking about, quality time, you know, am I taking care of my body, my mental health? Those are, are equated to my values. And so that's how I score that. But you get to create your own metrics. Right, my happiness has really nothing to do with how happy the other people are in my life. Now, am I doing things to create happiness for them? That is something I care about. But like my happiness versus my wife's happiness, I don't say if she's at a nine and I'm at an eight, I wish I was like her. Because that's on me. Happiness is a choice. And the choice is what are my thoughts? What is my focus? Because if you are alive, no matter what your situation, you can be happy if you so choose. Great book for this is uh, Viktor Frankl. Um, as a man, no, what is it? Man's Search for Meaning. That's what it is. And, you know, he is someone that was in um, concentration camps. And he wrote a book about happiness coming out of concentration camps. It's a very good book. It's a very good book on um, getting perspective. Um, because no matter how bad your life is, there is something to be happy about. If you're alive, if you're breathing, if you have shelter, if you have food, there's four things right there. Now, it may not be wonderful and amazing compared to what you see on TV or social media or the other people in your life, but it can be fantastic for you if you learn to be grateful for it. And if you do gratitude on a loop, it becomes a habit. And then you are grateful on a loop. And so moving on to exercise and fitness and nutrition. 
the one thing that I've noticed is that people always struggle on the weekends. Well, what happens on the weekend? We want to cut loose. We want to have a good time. Uh, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm not judging anyone by any stretch of the imagination. I'm the king of eating two, <laughs> two pints of Halo Top, um, which I've actually gotten away from that, thankfully. But again, that, that social construct is like we go and talk to our friends. We have a few drinks. Well, then we have some appetizers. Then we have some food. But does that fall in line with your goals? For me, it doesn't. I, I you know, I, for many reasons, I quit drinking. But like going out and eating appetizers and drinking beer and all that stuff, I, it just doesn't fall in line with what my values are. And so, being someone that has fallen so far away at one point from who I was as a person and my own personal values, sticking to that is very important to me. You know, I've lived very, not very. I have lived many lifetimes, and and I'll explain that here in a second, but the one that I'm living right now has is the best one because it's the truest version of myself. And and I've talked to many people, and, and some of you are probably listening to the show, as soon as we start not living to our true self, it causes disruption. It's the, the epitus for my, is it epitus or Oedipus? No, it's not Oedipus. <laughs> for my own depression, was trying to be something that I wasn't trying to fit these roles of in life of who I am not those of you that know me now know I wear a lot of color I have a lot of tattoos I express myself that way you know I'm very artistic creative and visual and I went away from that I tried to be a kickboxer I tried to be you know a professional football player now I love sports you know but I'm not the the meathead in the locker room slamming weights and you know it's just not me I tried to be that person. It just wasn't me. You know, I tried to be the partier and I tried to be all these different things to try to find happiness. Well, happiness is remaining true to who I am as a person. And until I went back into myself and figured out who that person was, I wasn't going to be happy. Now it's kind of a strip and go naked kind of, kind of thing where you're going to school and you don't have any clothes on because it's, you're vulnerable. You know, you get in a chair and you tell like the deepest, darkest secrets of your person to a professional. And, and and if you're going to therapy, that one thing that you don't want to talk about, that is going to be the greatest opportunity for healing. So start talking about it. But once I started doing that, I felt lighter and I started coming back to life. And this light within me started to shine. And it was just one of those things that I, I swear to you, if you start talking about that stuff that you are holding back from talking about, you're going to heal. That's the one thing that you need to take care of. I can't stress that enough. Because for me, it was remaining true to who I was, getting back to myself. And people that knew me way back in the day know that I'm very similar to who I am now. But, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they wouldn't recognize me. I was just a totally different person, but I was lost. You know, I didn't emote. I didn't share emotions. I wasn't a very loving person. And until I started to break that barrier from myself and the outside world, I wasn't going to meet my wife, right? I wouldn't have been a good dad. I wasn't good, a good friend. I wasn't a good brother. I wasn't a good son. But I started doing the work. The work was all in my hands, which is another top five. It's like doing the work is going to heal you. Now, just wishing and wanting 
wasn't doing anything for me. I wasn't getting anywhere because I wasn't taking any action. I wasn't getting out there and being like, I really want to do this, but what are my friends going to think? I started dropping the second half of that sentence being like, I really want to do this. I'm going to do it. I've wanted an arm sleeve since I was like 18 years old. Probably younger. I used to buy tattoo magazines when I was 16. And I finally did it about two years ago. And it was like, it was just the best feeling. I want to get it finished as soon as possible. But I was always so scared of what are other people going to think. Until I realized my opinion matters. Theirs doesn't. My heart was hurting because I was hiding this expressive part of myself because I was so worried about what other people thought. And so I was kind of dimming my own light of who I truly was. And so doing the work, creating a habit of reviewing that work of who I really am on a daily basis is why when you see me, you get the real me. You know, people will mention it to you when you start to be your true self be like oh you seem so happy or oh you're so nice you're so easy to talk to you just have this light about you and my wish for you and if you have any questions my wish for you is that you start doing that work start writing down on paper the things you like start writing down on paper the skills that you're good at start writing down on paper what you believe to be true start writing down on paper the things that you value Start writing down the paper, on paper the things that you have some expertise in. I always say to be wary of people that call themselves experts. But write down some, some stuff that you have some expertise in. You don't have to show it to anybody. Where all those things overlap is where your purpose in life is going to be found. You may not find it right away, but it's going to be somewhere within that. Mine is coaching and helping people. I know what it's like to hurt. You know, I've, I've been a, a person that has very strong emotions that I tried to hide from. That's another part of myself that I tried to hide from the outside world. I do a pretty decent job of it now, but I still have that. It's a habit for me not to share that stuff. I openly try to, not openly, I intentionally try to share that side of me. But it's a struggle. You know, as, as, as men and boys, we're taught to Stop crying or rub some dirt on it get back in there. Be tough. Wrestle. You know, nothing against the sport of wrestling. But wrestling with other kids or fighting with other kids just wasn't for me. I didn't like it. So I got bullied. And it took my younger brother sticking up for me to being like, oh, I better stick up for myself. <laughs> you know, he, I think he was like in fourth grade and I was in sixth. And so I was getting picked on by some seventh graders and he had started um, hollering at him. And I'm like, oh my goodness. My little brother can do this. I better start doing this for myself too. You know, fortunately for me, I got about twice as big as those guys in 7th and 8th grade and they left me alone. But it was a lesson to me. So after, I would say, so after sports was done when I was 26 is when I started to lose myself because I had identified myself as an athlete. And I took too long after that to dig in. But... I wasn't doing the work when I had that identity of sports. It was taking care of itself. Now, my advice for you, start doing the work. Start a habit in the morning, reviewing those things that I talked about. Your personal beliefs, your personal values, your skills, your expertise, 
And then you can even write down some wants and desires or goals where all that stuff overlaps is going to be purpose. That's where that purpose is found. So we're over 30 minutes here. I'm going to shut her down, but I didn't get a chance to talk about any kind of exercise or fitness or anything like that. But habits, start some habits that are going to benefit you in your healing today. It's going to work, I promise you. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. And keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. We'll see you later.